On today's special episode of the Intergalactic Space Traveler's Journal, Kirsten Johnson regales us with an astronomy story of ancient Greece. Could be good. Today's episode is brought to you by Goober Space Tube Sustenance Sauce and Arthur C. Clarke. Toodle-doo. Welcome to the Intergalactic Space Traveler's Journal. If you found yourself suddenly in ancient Greece, and, just to stretch probability, at the exact moment when the moon blocked your view of the sun, causing a solar eclipse, you would most likely sit down on a stone in the weird low light and think about what you might have done wrong. Because someone had done something wrong and needed to be punished. And if that someone was in fact you, it would be best to let the gods know as soon as possible that you were very sorry and would never do it again. Please bring back the sun, we need it. Realistically, you knew that it probably wasn't you. It was probably the king. The king was so much more likely and had many more possibilities to anger the gods than surfy, slavey little you. I'm sorry, I'm just assuming you're surfy, slavey. It's a numbers thing. The king himself was also probably vaguely aware that the blocking out of the sun was because of something that was weighing on his conscience or should have been weighing on his conscience if he wasn't so self-involved. But the king is the king, and kings are rarely shy of using all the privileges that are available to them. So, a few days before the eclipse, captives were rounded up to act as substitutes for the king, thinking that in this way, the real king would escape this astronomical punishment. They were stripped of their fetid rags and dressed up in certain garments from the king's closet that, let's face it, the king was never going to fit into again, what with all the royal fig eating. These captives would stagger along the ramparts where the gods could see them best, malnourished and confused in ill-fitting clothes. Perhaps being coached by palace officials, remember your King Penny Polynesus, swing your arms and hum. Then, when the eclipse was over, the captives would be executed. I can only assume that they were thinking that while, yes, it worked, still, there was no use in taking the chance of having X pretending to be the king captives hanging about. The gods might slowly figure out that they had been duped. And that might set them to blocking the sun all over again. Jump the biscuit. Quell the heraldic impetus. Study the lump. 
Mark the Chrem. And acknowledge Dennis. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Are all new games devised to worm away the time on the impossibly boring planet of Fizz. It's a success, sort of. Fizzle cakes have now been created as a functional stopgap to oversnacking, though seeing as they are almost entirely made of cream, an acidic mold of chrem, are not eaten under normal circumstances. It is important to remember to pack well and hard before exiting your egg-shaped cozy perambulations hatch and heading out to jump, quell, study, and mark on the excruciatingly boring planet of Fizz. French mathematician and theoretical physicist Jules Henri Poincaré. Astronomy is useful because it raises us above ourselves. It is useful because it is grand. It shows us how small is man's body and how great his mind. Since his intelligence can embrace the whole of this dazzling immensity, where his body is only an obscure point, and enjoy its silent harmony. Hope you enjoyed episode 11 of the Intergalactic Space Traveler's Journal. Today you heard the voices of Kirsten Johnson and Professor Sherry Suyu. ISTJ is created and produced by Jeff Bennett and Andre Hirtz for TTG Music Lab. Audio production and original music by Andre Hirtz. Tune into episode 12, where you will meet metal maniac Freckly Tim and explore magnetars. Could be good. Toodaloo.